Check this out, y'all. Audio level full volume. It's go time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, everybody. Border to Border, 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here on a Friday. Ah, feels good to be here on a Friday here in the capital city. Hopefully, you're having a uh, good day. You're getting ready to uh, end uh, your workday, or you've already ended your workday. And uh, certainly, we always appreciate you uh, checking it out. And uh, got a lot to get into in the show today. It is uh, a Friday. Granted, there is only one college football game this weekend, but it is an important one and one that there is lots of trends and things involving. Uh, So Tim Murray will stop by. We'll get his thoughts on the Army-Navy game. We'll get his thoughts on early bowl betting, anything he's put down on the bowls. Uh, Get his thoughts on betting and see if he agrees with me. Uh, With regard to betting on the bowls, there's a lot of opt-outs, a lot of people who have not... um, uh, who are either changing coaches or changing players. So all that good stuff. And um, so he'll join us at 3.15. We'll also get into the NFL. Uh, Commanders fans have the weekend off. Uh, you can watch real football if you want, or you can go and just get away from the NFL. So the Commanders have the weekend off before they get ready for... Uh, an interesting stretch of games, the Rams, uh, and then a couple of others as well. Uh, so... <laughs> I don't understand why we have buys this late in the season. We've never had buys this late in the season. I, I just don't understand it. So, um, but hey, listen, you know, gives you an opportunity to get away from it. Uh, so we could certainly talk about that with Tim uh, as well. Three thirty. There is a football team still playing, and uh, it is a good one. 13-0, Randolph-Macon is at home tomorrow at noon as they take on Cortland. Uh, the 11th ranked Cortland, I'm guessing they're the Dragons, going off of their uh, logo here. Um, randolph Megan's home. It's a noon game tomorrow. It's actually on ESPN+. Plus. So if you are not able to get out there, and you really should go out there and support randolph Macon. I don't even know if there's tickets left. They could be just complete sellouts. But if they're not complete sellouts, go out and support them. Oh, it's the Red Dragons. Excuse me. I am wrong. Cortland is the Red Dragons. Um, they're going to be the red-faced losers. An embarrassment. Whatever. I'm, I'm really bad at this. It's fine. Um, but Cortland and Randolph-Macon playing at de- Dayfield at noon tomorrow. Uh, supposed to be some good weather tomorrow, so hopefully they can take care of business. They'll make the championship game. We've continued the momentum. Randolph-Macon fans cannot blame us. Bob's had Pedro Ruza on at 4.05 for like three straight weeks on Thursdays. I've had a player on. This will be the second week in a row. You cannot blame us if something happens on Saturday. We have continued our mojo, continued our momentum. Uh, I'll have Colton Payne on, the local product, as part of that secondary. Very busy last week. Um, he had seven tackles, but the, you know... The opponent wanted to throw the ball a lot, Johns Hopkins. So we'll talk to Colton coming up at 3.30, get his thoughts on this weekend's game and um, what happened last week. Last week was the first close game it felt like of all the season. 39-36, they needed the late field goal to get the victory. They, you read the scores that Randolph-Macon's had this season. They haven't needed to do that sort of thing so far. So um, he'll join us at 3.30. And then we got a bunch of other stuff I want to get into, um, whether it is Major League Baseball. The Shohei Otani stuff is rather interesting, uh, to say the least. Don't tell Bob. I just brought up Major League Baseball. 
Um, but we're waiting. This day, I think they said seven years ago, is when Shohei Otani uh, announced that he was going to be with the Angels. And so people are like, well, maybe he's going to have some sort of symmetry and he's going to basically say what he wants to do uh, t- today. And it looks like, according to some people, the Toronto Blue Jays are the one who might be leading the way for Shohei Otani, which is really odd, to say the least, that Shohei is uh, leaning towards playing with the Blue Jays. But um, we'll see. There was a small chance he was going to the Braves, but I don't I don't see that happening. And I'm hoping it doesn't happen. No offense, Braves fans. You guys have had... Your lineup's good enough. You don't need Shohei Otani to join your lineup. Um, so we'll keep him posted if something like that happens. We can take a look at, at uh, Week 14 on our own uh, in terms of what are some of the good games. Spoiler alert, there aren't a lot of them because the NFL is a bad product. Um, we'll talk about that as well as Army-Navy. Um, I was negligent. So the past couple years... Well, actually, when I first started my own show, I always like to try and find Central Region kids on either Army or Navy to have them on to talk about this week. And I, unfortunately, did not do that because uh, Navy has several kids from the Central Region. And um, one of them actually starts, it looks like. So, therefore... Um, I should have had them on this week, and I kind of uh, neglected to do so. But uh, Army-Navy is one of these games that I feel like is on my bucket list. Like, if you look and you decide what your college and pro football bucket list is, um, for me, it's probably Ohio State-Michigan in, in Michigan. Um, I always lean more towards the Wolverines than the Buckeyes. I certainly don't like Penn State. Um, but I, I feel like in the great battle, like, everybody's got their sides in all these rivalries. I feel like I identify more with Michigan than I do with Ohio State. Insert cheating joke here, although I don't cheat. Um, It's so funny. When I first moved here, it felt like everybody asked me, they're like, who do you identify with, Tech or UVA? And I'm like, I literally just moved here. I don't really identify with anybody yet. You know, as, as a Syracuse Orange, we hated Virginia Tech because they were our rivals. I saw the game. I was at the game when Dwight Freeney sacked uh, Michael Vick four and a half times, although we lost that game. We never liked um, uh, Frank Beamer. There was also the uh, lollipop stick game where they thought, where Tech thought that uh, Syracuse's kickers were using a lollipop stick to help uh, fix the ground around the football, which was really odd. So I never really identified with anybody when I moved here, but uh, long-winded answer, Michigan, Ohio State at Michigan is one on my bucket list. Number two, and and obviously some of you are like, well, wait a second, Army-Navy for the longest time was played in Philadelphia. How have you never been to Army-Navy? I just never went. It was never uh, a game that I went to because when I was little, I never really, you know, understood it that much. But now I kind of, uh, you know, it's one of those games that I just feel like I, you got to go to, um, whether you like either side or not. It's just the pomp and the circumstance and seeing everything that, um, everything that surrounds that game. Um, for those who are interested, I'm trying to pull up the line here. The totals around 28 because obviously this is never a high scoring game. There's never a lot of points scored in this game because. Um, this just in, Army and Navy practice against the triple option every day, so they should know what's coming from their opponent. Um, but Army Navy's definitely on my list for the future. Um, it's being played in Boston. Like, seriously, that does that it shouldn't it it should not be played in Boston. I know it's been there a couple times, but it belongs in Philadelphia with the occasional Washington, DC. Like that's where it belongs. But for some reason it's in Boston this year. 
Um, Army Navy's coming up on Saturday. I think you sh- it's a game you should watch. I-, I definitely think this is a game that you should absolutely watch. But um, it's you know it's it's one of those things where there's a lot of people who either serve for the Army and serve for the Navy, and we appreciate your service. Um, so therefore, it-, it it becomes a personal game there for those people. And so we'll uh, we'll see what happens here. But um, that's on my bucket list. And I'm hoping down the line I'll be able to uh, go to an Army Navy game. Uh, 3270888, that is the phone number, that is the text line. 804 is the area code. Um, so the coaching carousel in college football continues. Uh, earlier today, we saw Manny Diaz uh, has signed up to be Duke's coach. We'll see how long that lasts. For those wondering why I make that joke, Manny Diaz was the uh, Temple head coach for about. Three days, it felt like. And then he ran back to Miami because he felt like he couldn't handle being a coach. We'll see how long he lasts as Duke's coach. Uh, Ross Dellinger tweeted about two hours ago that Troy's head coach, John Summerall, is going to be the head coach, or at least is expected to be the next head coach at Tulane. So um, Sunbell has seen some some turnaround here in terms of coaches. Um, to say the least, it's very interesting to see um, the, all the changes that have happened with regards to coaching. Of course, Troy's opening means that somebody else will go there, maybe a FCS coach, maybe a Division II coach, an assistant. So the wheels keep turning. JMU announced that Tuesday they will have the press conference with Bob Chesney, and um, hopefully then that means we'll get him either that day, the next day, whatever. Um, but Tuesday, they're going to officially introduce him to the media and to the fans. Um, I, as I said yesterday, I think it's a really good hire. I, I think it's a really good hire. I think there's a chance. So now the number 16 in terms of JMU players in the portal, I think there's a chance he brings some of them back. I just think this guy, the offense he ran at Holy Cross, um, the campus, the excitement, the energy that's around this program, I think if he's, and I'm sure he's working on it now, I think he's going to get some of these kids back. I just think that JMU is not going to lose all 16 of these kids. A lot of them may follow Kurt Signetti to, to the Big Ten. I think some of them are going to come back because they felt the energy that the fans gave uh, as the season goes along. And the reason why number 16, because today Kalon Black has uh, joined the list. So uh, the running back has decided that he is going to transfer out of the program. All right, let's take a time out. Coming up, it's uh, almost 3.15 on a Friday. So Tim Murray of VEASAN will join us. We'll get his thoughts on Army-Navy, early thoughts on the Bulls, and uh, we'll ask him about the NFL slate. Uh, you're listening to 1061 ESPN. Home for the Dallas Cowboys all season is 1061 ESPN. Brought to you by Arthur's Electric and Park and & Go. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here, and uh, we'll talk Randolph Macon next segment as they are down in the final four of uh, their division, and uh, they've got another home game against Cortland. So um, we'll talk about that next segment. But it's around 3.15 on a Friday, and just because there's only one college football game this weekend doesn't mean we can't have on our next guest. You can check him out on VSIN primetime, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. Check out the Bowl podcast that is there, and follow him on Twitter at 1TimMurray. Tim, what's going on? Matt, I'm fired up. Uh, it's not a you know a crazy week, but uh, I'm excited. And uh, shout out to those Yellow Jackets. My brother's alma mater is uh, some doing some special things. So uh, pretty cool to see uh, this rise and uh, 
a chance to go to the national championship with a home game. So pretty cool to see. Go, uh, go RMC, baby. Yeah, we'll see what they can do against uh, against Cortland. Um, you mentioned it. You know, it's not a crazy weekend for college football, but there is one of our favorites: Army yep. and Navy. Uh, I'll just the floors for you. Uh, what's your thoughts on this year's Army Navy game? Yeah, I, I know that everyone's going to talk about the unders, and uh, I understand it. Um, I, I'm not going to play the under. It's just, it's gone too far. I mean, you, you got to. So, and something we talk about a lot on VSIN is, you know, yes, the under has hit in 15 of the last 16 Army Navy games. It hit the over last year because they went to double overtime. But you got to remember, uh, the total was not 28 uh, 15 years ago, right? It, is, it has been a, a continual uh, fall down uh, to where we stand right now. Now, uh, that being said, the two armed services games that have already been played this year, uh, both would have went under this number. Air Force beat Navy 17-6 to and Army beat Air Force 23-3. to But uh, I'm not going to play the total here. Uh, I, I'm a little intrigued by Navy at three. Uh, that's where we're seeing kind of a, a battle, uh, if you will, uh, at at that number of three. Uh, both these teams very well rested. Um, you know, I think you could probably trust Army's quarterback position a little bit more, and Army uh, has been playing much better. I mean, their last game of the regular season, they, they beat Coastal Carolina uh, as a decent-sized underdog. But uh, if, if you can get me a three, I probably would be interested in Navy. But uh, as of right now, Matt, uh, as sad to say, the final regular season game of the college football season, I uh, I do not currently have a position on this game. Yeah, and uh, to go along with that under, it's crazy because I would potentially look at the first quarter under, but it's six and a half and one. We've seen one these guys break a 70-yard touchdown every once in a while, and then there goes your under right there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at last night. You know, not that the NFL is the same as college football, uh, but look, everybody and their mother was on the under last night because the New England Patriots had scored, you know, what uh, a total of thirteen points in the previous three games. Uh, I, I saw people talking about first half under, full game under. Uh, I actually just full on contrarian. Uh, didn't really have much insight to it, but on my show last night, I go, you know what? I'm going over. I'm going over in this game, uh, and we saw a touchdown drive right out of the shoot there. For for the New England Patriots, and they led 21 to 10 at halftime. So you just never know. Look, do I expect this game to be in the uh, in the 60s? No, uh, but could we see four touchdowns? Yeah, I think it's certainly possible. Or you know, a bunch of field goals here. So, uh, and you got to think about last year too. Overtime is not your friend uh, in college football in the totals. So uh, I understand why people would take the under. Obviously, the best of the number is is gone. I mean, this thing opened up what 31 and a half or something like that so uh you you've been on a continuous drop here but uh yeah i'm a i'm a i'm a stay off and you know if this gets too low on on game day i might have to hold my nose and play and over uh, so that leaves us plenty of time this weekend to start looking at the bowls. Um, yep. Obviously, we'll get into the individual ones next week, but uh, any general bowl tips you have and have you put down anything yet? I have uh, bet a couple games and, um, you know, these lines move like crazy. So we could talk about some of the games. Will I still bet them uh, at the current price? A lot of things have moved. Obviously, the most important thing, I think it goes without repeating, but Make sure you know who's playing in these games. Uh, obviously, you know you look at James Madison. Um, you know Kirk Signetti leaving to go to Indiana. Uh, they've got some opt outs. Is McLeod playing? 
Yes, it seems okay. like from what I've heard, he and a lot of the other guys are going to play. It's just Kurt Signetti will not be there. Yeah, so that's something to keep it. You know, that's something to know because you're allowed to play even if you do opt out. So there's going to be some information out there, and that's why you know following folks like yourself, Matt, when it comes to a, a team that's closer to the situation is helpful when you look at you know these spreadsheets out there that have the amount of opt outs. But uh, if Jordan McLeod is playing, that that's huge. Uh, and that's why I think you still see James Madison, uh, last I saw, was a three-point favorite. Yeah, still a three-point favorite, so the, the market's going to know that. Um, yeah, motivation certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, you, you look at a team like Ohio State. I mean, we've seen a flip of favorites here. Would I still bet Missouri at the price? So Missouri and, and Ohio State are playing in the Cotton Bowl on December 29th. Uh, this thing opened as high as, like, Ohio State 6, and it's now Missouri 2.5, I and see a three out there. Why? Because Ohio State probably is not going to be super motivated, and they've got a ton of opt-outs. Uh, I know there's this report out there that Marvin Harrison Jr. is just uh, contemplating coming back next year because of uh, NIL money that is being floated his way that is potentially comparable to uh, uh, to to what a first-round pick would make. But uh, let's run through a couple of bets that I have made and uh, whether or not I would still make them. Um uh, the first one I made was San Jose State. Uh, San Jose State is a team that is, is very motivated uh, to be playing in this bowl game. They're playing the Hawaii Bowl December 23rd, Matt, uh, against Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina's got a ton of opt-outs, and uh, San Jose State's got a couple, uh, but as of right now, their quarterback, I fully anticipate Chevin Cordero to play. Uh, he is Hawaiian, started his play, uh, collegiate career at Hawaii. He is very fired up to be playing in this bowl game. Kyrie Robinson, their running back, I believe he is uh, exhausting his eligibility, so so uh, I think he is expected to play uh, in this game. And, you know, you look at Coastal Carolina, uh, Grayson McCall is out. Uh, he's in the transfer portal. They're probably starting their third-string quarterback in Ethan Vesco. Um, you know, they, they've got a bunch of other, you know, significant players out. Uh, and I think San Jose State, anything under 10, I would probably still play. And there's a couple nine-and-a-halves out there uh, for the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, a little bit later on into bowl season, uh, I took four with Rutgers. Uh, in the pinstripe bowl against Miami. It's down to two and a half. I probably would still play Rutgers at this price. I think they win this game on the field. Uh, Miami historically uh, just, you know, in these types of bowl games, Matt, I've seen it long enough. They just don't really want to be there. They think they want to be in New York City uh, in what could potentially be inclement weather against Rutgers. Look, Rutgers is a team that limped its way to a bowl game, started 6-2, and two, lost its last four games, but I think Rutgers is going to be incredibly motivated to be playing in a pinstripe bowl against a former Big East rival. I'm sure uh, you know Greg Schiano is going to have his team ready to go uh, in that one. Uh, I bet the under in the Notre Dame-Oregon State Sun Bowl uh, that has gone through a key of 45 but still would probably look under in this one. Oregon State has a ton of opt-outs. Uh, both their quarterbacks are out. Damian Martinez, their running back, is is uh, suspended due to a DUI. And uh, Notre Dame's opt-outs are just going to continue to come. Uh, their whole receiver room is essentially in the portal. Uh, their quarterback, Sam Hartman, hasn't opted out, but everything I read is he is uh, likely not to play. Audrick Estime, their starting running back, isn't going to play. Blake Fisher, their starting right tackle, just opted out today. I fully anticipate their left tackle, 
told Joe Alt to opt out. Uh, so I think that's a game where the defenses kind of rue the day. Could be ugly. Uh, so you always get worried when you play it under if, if you know, backup quarterbacks are throwing interceptions. Uh, that could potentially hurt you. But uh, still would look under uh, in that particular game. And then last one, uh, where is it on this board here? Oh, uh, Georgia-Florida State would play under 45. Um, you know, I think this is a situation where potentially, you know, you're looking at uh, a backup quarterback for Florida State. Georgia's defense is, is a strength. I fully anticipate, you know, Brock Bowers to be out uh, of this game now for uh, for Georgia now that they're not, they're not in the playoff. You know, motivation is certainly a question between both of these teams. They both believe they should be in the college football playoff. So I think opt-outs are going to be uh, going to be fast and furious in this one. Um, you know, you look at Georgia, uh, Brock Bowers, Ladd McConkey, uh, those types of players uh, likely will all opt out of this game for Florida State. Uh, you look at guys like Jared Verse, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Trey Benson. Uh, are any of them going to play? I think it could be an ugly game there in the Orange Bowl. So uh, an under for me in the Orange Bowl. Uh, let me ask you about one game down the down the down the line, yeah. and obviously this one will change. But it looks like Bo Nix may play for Oregon. Now that may mm-hmm. change as we get closer. Liberty's first tough game. You know Liberty's going to want to be there. If yep. Oregon doesn't want to be there, but Bo Nix is playing, could this be an over? You think? Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, you look at uh, Liberty's off or defense, I should say, really has struggled uh, this year. You think back to the uh, championship game against New Mexico State and uh, and how much uh, they kind of struggled to slow down New Mexico State there. Uh, looking at the uh, the opt out situation now for for Oregon, um, you know, potential opt outs. You could be looking at Troy Franklin. You could be looking at uh, Bucky Irving. Um, you could be looking at a bunch of defensive players. But yeah, I, I am surprised and, and good for him if Bo Nix. Uh, uh, does decide to uh, to play in this bowl game. And uh, as of right now, I, I think Liberty's pretty clean. It seems like the majority of their guys are going to be uh, playing in this bowl game. So uh, you're looking at, uh, you know, Caden Salter is one, certainly, to keep an eye on. Remember, the portal's not closed yet. So these guys could still go into the portal uh, and, and you know, not be eligible for this game. But uh, 65.5 is the total. Uh, yeah, I, I could certainly be talked into looking at it over uh, in this game, especially at the pace that that Liberty and Oregon want to play at. We'll certainly get into the bowl game. And of course, there's a whole bunch of them next Saturday, and we'll talk about them next Friday. Uh, you are lucky. Your commanders are off this weekend, so you can focus on some good football or bad football because it feels like the product's not great in the NFL nowadays. Uh, at what, what do you got for us on Sunday? Yeah, um, you know, uh, looking at it, uh, I've, I've uh, there's a couple games that I've contemplated. Um, I'm thinking about taking the Bears at three and a half against Detroit. Uh, I like the Bears at home here uh, in this spot against the uh, against the Lions, who just seem to be kind of limping a little bit right now, and you know, wondering if their peak of value uh, was uh, was against the Packers when they lost on on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, very curious about uh, the two really interesting games. You got Buffalo, Kansas City, which is down to a pick. Matt at uh, at Circa, which surprises me, and then you've got your boys, the Philadelphia Eagles, against the Dallas Cowboys, still hanging out at three and a half, and feels like the market's trying to resist go to three here in this spot. Is it some juice three and a halfs? Um, and then I'll be honest, the one game that I, I kind of want to see if I get a seven with is on Monday night. I, I might hold my nose, speaking of ugly football, and take the Giants. Um, you know, the Green Bay Packers have been a great story here. Uh, does feel like this might be the peak of their market when you think about uh, what they've done the last three weeks, right? A home victory as a dog to the Chargers. Then they go to De- uh, Detroit, 
win there, and then a home dog of six and a half, and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Matt, they're a favorite of almost a touchdown. I know it's the Giants. I know the Giants stink, but boy, this is uh, this is quite the role reversal for the Green Bay Packers, who uh, they've been a favorite in all of one game this year. That's it. They have been a favorite one time uh, this year. So uh, I do think Green Bay, uh, are you selling high at Green Bay? I do see one seven. Uh, offshore, so I, I might wait and see if I can get a seven here uh, on Monday night because I think everybody's going to be looking to back the Green Bay Packers because you know it, betters, as you know, Matt, uh, they're very reactionary. What did I see most recently? Well, we saw them win on Sunday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, as of right now, I think the game that I'm eyeing up the most is uh, is the Giants on Monday night against the Green Bay Packers. Last question for you, and we're wrapping up with Tim Murray at one Tim Murray on Twitter. Uh, the uh, NBA in season tournament has there been any juice uh, in your neck of the woods for the games that have been in your neck of the woods uh, last night? And I guess there's one more coming. Yeah, I think tomorrow night actually is going to be pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Uh, the Lakers being in it, this is a Lakers town, um, so I think that's huge uh, for this event that the Lakers are still in it. Um, you know, I I don't really go to the strip all that much, but from from what I've gathered, uh, it, the the momentum, the excitement is starting to build down there for this game. It was a little bizarre uh, the first game being uh, Indiana and Milwaukee starting at two o'clock local yesterday. Uh, knew a couple people went to the game. It was definitely a late arriving crowd to that one but I think last night was a, a pretty decent crowd obviously it was a blowout but uh, I do think tomorrow night uh, at uh, at T-Mobile Arena is going to be a pretty good crowd uh, Lakers laying four I believe the Pacers will be an will have been an underdog in a, what is it six of the seven in-season tournament games and they are here in the championship so they're a fun team to watch out and we'll see if the Lakers uh, can finish it off but uh, I think Las Vegas and I think the NBA is pretty excited that the uh, Los Angeles Lakers are are here in uh, in this championship game. Do you think Vegas eventually gets an NBA team? 100%. Yeah, I think once this league expands to 32, I think Seattle and Las Vegas are getting a team and uh LeBron James really likes it out here. Uh, he's talked about it a lot. Uh, he wants to be an owner, and uh, I would not be surprised if when the day comes uh, that Las Vegas gets a franchise that LeBron James will be part of that ownership group. Make sure to check out VSIM Primetime from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out the Bowl podcast that uh, Tim uh, has just put out. And uh, he joins us every Friday at 3.15. Tim, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right, go Yellow Jackets. There you go. That is uh, Tim Murray pandering to the crowd, and we always accept pandering here in uh, on this show. Uh, 3270-888, that is the phone number, that is the text line, and uh, you heard it from Tim. Coming up after the break, we'll talk a little Randolph making footballs. They get set for a home game in the Final Four. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. ESPN Matt Joseph's here and Randolph Macon football still alive as they are back home at Dayfield coming up tomorrow at noon in the NCAA semifinals. They get Cortland, the opponent, part of that stout defense, a local proc who went to Lee Davis. Uh, joining us now is Colton Payne. Colton, how's it going? Yes, sir. Nice to be here. Glad uh, to be here. Uh, so, Colton, another uh, win for you guys last week, and it was a close win, a rare close win for you guys. Uh, just talk about your mentality as you were getting close to the end, uh, and you were actually in a game where it was in doubt towards the end. Yes, sir. So, it was a huge offensive game for us, um, and so I think that it came a lot down to who was going to score and when that was going to happen. Um, uh, it's 
a lot closer than a lot of the games we played this year. And I think that, you know, we have faith in, in our offense and we had faith in our defense as well. Um, and a lot of those early stops in the game helped us to, to stay close and come out on top. Um, so I think that our mentality, you know, going into that game and throughout the game was just get as many stops as we can and give our offense the ball to, to be able to do what they need to do. Was there something that Johns Hopkins did that was either not on film or that you guys struggle with concept-wise? Yeah, well, so a couple of touchdowns they had, um, obviously in cover three, if we're playing cover three, which is something we play a lot. Um, running four verts is going to be tough to cover, whether you you know you, you game plan for that or you watch film on it. So I think that's something that we, we struggled with a little bit earlier in the, in the half. Um, but for the most part, I, I know we had to, you know, play top down on everything and just keep everything in front and eliminate the big plays that um, they were trying to get. And so that was our, our, our mindset going into that game. How happy do you guys get when you win a game like this on the road? Obviously, you had been home for three straight. You have such a great home, home field advantage. Uh, what did it mean to you to get this win on the road? Uh, it was awesome, um, especially like a team with John Hopkins. They're a great football team. Um, and we played them in the past, and I know there's a big, you know, rivalry with alumni and, and stuff like that. Um, so being able to win that game, not just for us and our team, but for all the alumni and and do that for them was was amazing. What is it? Uh, are you happier to face a team that throws the ball a lot because obviously that means you're covering and you're more busy, or do you appreciate a team who likes to run it more because it seems like Johns Hopkins uh, they tried to throw it as much as possible. Yes, sir. I mean, in all honesty, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, for me, especially, I like getting more action and being able to, to do more for the team. Um, so whenever we're facing a team who likes to throw the ball more, I'm obviously going to be involved more with, with the plays and everything like that. But I know that we have a good secondary, um, and we're good up front as well. So I think that, you know, whatever we're facing, um, I'm happy with. You had your most tackles in this game and in this season. Was there something that was just clicking for you? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily. I think that, you know, a lot of guys stepped up that game. Um, we had one of our safeties go out late in the fourth quarter. Um, and so a big part of it was just everyone playing their part um, and doing what each person needed to do to, to pull out the win. And so I think that, you know, that was our mindset and going into that game was just do everything you have to do and do your job and everything else will kind of fall in place. How much does it help the defense to go and face this offense every day in practice? It feels like it's really sharp, iron sharpening iron. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that's big here is, you know, going against our offense and even the, the scout teams that we'll go against is that, you know, it's the next guy up mentality here. And um, so, you know, going against guys who are caliber level as you are and getting that look is really important. Um, and even the scouts that we go against, you know, the twos and the threes that, you know, aren't playing as much. We're going against them. It's just as much game like it is as we're playing in a real game. So I think that look that we're getting, not just from the starters, but, you know, from the, the twos and the threes and all the rest of the guys on the team is, is amazing. Coming up tomorrow, you guys have Cortland. What did you see on film from them? And uh, just kind of give us a little scouting report. Yes, sir. So we know they're a pass-heavy team. Um, they like to throw the ball and, you know, that – they like to take those explosive shots and get those explosive plays. So the goal is to just keep keep everything in front and not let anything get behind. Um, it was a similar game plan to Hopkins where, you know, eliminate those, those big throws downfield and not allow them to, you know, get behind us. And I think that's a similar game plan we're going to have with Cortland is just 
keeping everything in front and uh, making them drive the field. Uh, so I always like to ask the cornerbacks and the wide receivers that I have on the show, are you a big trash talker? I So I'm personally not. Um, I mean, I know some guys that I've played against, whether that be in the playoffs or, you know, in our ODAC conference, they're, they're more trash talking, I guess. Um, but we just like to let, you know, our, our play speak for itself. And, you know, if we win, we win. And if we lose, we lose. But we're not going to, you know, go out of our way to, you know, I guess trash talk the other team. It's just not something that our our program's about. Um, yeah. So if somebody's doing it to you, you just make it actually better or worse for them actually by saying nothing, that you just let them yap a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it kind of depends on the player. For me, I just, I don't know. I don't, it's not something that's going to like make me play better or make me play worse. Um, and I think that, I mean, some people like to trash talk. That's just something that, you know, I don't like. I don't prefer to do. I don't like, you know, our program to do. Um, so I think that it kind of just depends on, you know, the other team's player. And if that's something that they want to do is trash talk, then by all means, go ahead, I guess. Awesome. Um, but I know that that's something we're not going to do. What does it mean for you to have this game at home? What's it like to play at Dayfield? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I only live 30, 35 minutes away. So I know a lot of my family members are coming up and a lot of, uh, Family from you know all the other team, all the other players on the team is coming up, um, and so it's exciting. And knowing that you know you're at home in the semifinals of the national D three championship, it's it's amazing. So being able to be here is pretty surreal, and you know we're not ready for the for the season to be over yet. How do you treat this like any other game? Obviously, there's a lot at stake. You win this game, you make the championship game. How do you kind of treat this like any other game? So you maybe either don't get too nervous or put too much emphasis on this one. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard, um, especially now that, you know, ESPN's coming to broadcast a game and, you know, you're having to deal with, you know, commercial breaks and stuff like that and, you know, a different setting, I guess, than what we're usually in. Um, but Coach Aruz has done a good job of, you know, just eliminating, making sure we eliminate our distractions and, you know, whether we're, you know, in the national championship or in the semifinals or just facing, you know, a conference team, it's just focused on that team and, you know, doing what we can as a team and what's in our control to, you know, go out and try to play as best as we can. Let's wrap up here. What has been the message? Uh, what has Coach Aruz's message been all week in practice? And how good of a motivational speaker is he on Saturdays? Yeah, so obviously we played Cortland last year in the playoffs. Um, and so something for us is just, you know, what happened last year happened last year. Um, it doesn't really matter what happened last year. This year is a new team. And so, you know, it can, people will say it'll be a revenge tour for, for Cortland and stuff like that is what I've heard. But, you know, for us, it's just, you know, focus on this year. It's a new year. It's a new team. Obviously we didn't go as far last year as we did this year. And so just, you know, focusing on, on us and ourselves is a, and the main message for, for coach from coach. Noon tomorrow out at Day Field, Randolph Macon and Cortland in the NCAA semifinals. Good luck uh, tomorrow in the game. Hopefully, there's still a couple more left in your future. And as always, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, we'll see what happens with uh, Randolph Macon coming up uh, tomorrow at noon because uh, it's a large game for them. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, it's always nice to have your semifinal uh, at home with a chance to play in the championship. And so, you know, I think last week having such a close game and winning on the road the way they did, I think that that's pretty big for what they want to do. Um, I, I talked about it with 
several of the guests they've had on is just what's it like to be able to um, just beat everybody up? Are you worried at all about playing in a closer game where you might have to, you know, work things out and have to overcome some adversity? And they certainly did so uh, last Saturday against Johns Hopkins. So good luck to them against uh, uh, this weekend at home as they uh, try and move on to the championship. Uh, 3270888, that is the phone number, that is the text line for the show. Let's take a time out. We'll set you up with uh, who's playing who this weekend in college basketball. We'll touch on the NFL slate, briefly touch on last night's disastrous game. We'll do that in our final segment. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. Let's get social. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond. And find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond. 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of the week. Don't forget, uh, you just heard it from the uh, clever voice guy. Um, to on Monday, we will be out at the Henrico Sports and Events Center. Bob and I will be broadcasting live from 3 until 6. We'll take your new sporting equipment to benefit the Salvation Army Christmas Assistance Program. So that means basketballs, footballs, baseball gloves, baseballs, bats, um, lacrosse sticks, tennis rackets, um, hockey stuff, um, badminton gear, whatever it is that you think any child would be happy to wake up to uh, for the holidays, uh, just make sure to bring it out there. Um, and we will be out there from 3 until 6. There's a women's basketball that evening uh, between VCU and Delaware. Get all the information at HenricoSEA.com. Uh, so Bob and I will be out there from 3 until 6. You can, you can come and say hello. You can even just come and drop something off and leave. Uh, whatever you want to do, uh, we appreciate everybody who stops by. Uh, it's always a good chance to catch up with some of the listeners. Put a face to the voice, um, so you can put a voice, a face to our voice as well. Uh, you can see why uh, Bob is the TV star of the two of us, and uh, some of us are on radio. So that uh, you could do that. Uh, head on out to the Henrico Sports and Events Center. Not going to lie, I'm excited to see it myself, uh, to see this wonderful thing that's going to have a lot of great events coming up in Henrico. And uh, so we want you to be out there bringing the Salvation Army uh, anything new sporting equipment-wise, uh, whatever it is. Even if it's uh, one year I brought a um, one of those basketball hoop sets that you put up in your office that counts just as much too uh so certainly we appreciate anything you could do and uh, we will see you out there on monday uh 327-0888 that is the phone number that is the text line uh if you want to join the show uh bruce who we usually see at this thing texted in i guess yeah bruce is is bragging about the in-season tournament uh bruce i'm glad you're enjoying it so far I I have not watched it. I, I probably will not watch the championship game. Uh, I did watch a little of Stephen A. with the Inside the NBA crew. That was as expected, as awesome as I would have expected. And um, we'll see what happens. Um, the uh, NBA ESPN crew is out there now talking to Adam Silver. Um, I think there's got to be some tweaks to it, just a little bit. I think four games maybe are not enough. Maybe you move it back a little bit, whatever it is. But uh, certainly uh, there's going to, um, 
you know, there's going to be some little changes to it as well. All right, so college basketball this weekend. Um, you know, not everybody's going to be playing. Virginia is in their 11-day break. Virginia's next game is not this Saturday. It's next Saturday when they host Northeastern before they play uh, Memphis on Tuesday. Uh, Virginia Tech is at home on Saturday against Valparaiso. They are then playing that next Saturday, the 16th, as they take on Vermont. That will be an interesting game. Uh, Vermont is pretty good. Uh, Liberty is at home. They've got Grand Canyon tomorrow. That'll be an interesting game. And then they're home on Wednesday before they're home again on Saturday. Liberty's got three straight at home. Uh, for that one. Let's see what else is uh, going on here. JMU is at home. Uh, excuse me. They're on the road against Old Dominion, one of their three games against the Monarchs. ODU trying to rally the crowd, rally the folks uh, so they can have a good atmosphere for this one. But JMU is at ODU on Saturday, and then they're at Hampton the next Saturday before they come home the Tuesday the 19th against Coppin State. So JMU has some interesting games. Uh, Richmond is on the road for a neutral court game against Florida on Saturday. It's a neutral court game, but it's down in Sunrise, Florida, so it will be a lot of Gators there. Um, look, until Richmond starts playing better away from their building, I will I will pick against them. The interesting thing here is Ken Palm has this as a seven-point loss for the Spiders. I'll be interested to see what the number is that always comes out. Uh, the markets usually play a lot off of the Ken Palm numbers. Richmond's now fourth in turnovers because they had a little bit of a turnover issue in, against Northern Iowa, and they're 357th in free throw attempted per field goals attempted. Two numbers that are in completely different directions. Uh, we'll see what the Spiders do there. VCU is at home on Sunday, uh, taking on Alcorn State, and then they're home the next Saturday as they host Temple. Um, this is part of their stretch where they play six straight at home. It's eight straight at home completely, but they've got their next six at home. So make sure to support the Rams. They're four and five. It's been a rough start, but I still think that there is light at the end of the tunnel, despite the fact of what some of the texters have said about what they've done. VMI is at home tomorrow. They've got American. VMI is off to a little bit of a rough start, but if you're a VMI fan, uh, they are home. Radford is at home. They've got North Carolina Central. That is on Saturday, and then they host VMI on Tuesday. Uh, and Longwood is on the road at Delaware State on Saturday, but then they come back home on Monday and host Gallaudet. And then they go back on the road on Wednesday. So Longwood's got a bunch of games this week. Um, but they are on the road Saturday against Delaware State. This team's 8-1 and one so far this season. They lost that first game against St. Bonaventure by four. And then they've won every game since. Now, granted, they haven't exactly been against the toughest opponents. But you got to win. you got to play, play the teams that are on your schedule. And you've got to win. And I'm looking forward to getting out to the new building. I will certainly be there at some point coming up. Uh, in the near future. But uh, an interesting weekend. As I said, no uh, Commanders games this weekend. So you can enjoy either, you know, the honeydew list or whatever um, as you get the weekend off from some football. And yeah, by the way, rough for the Steelers the last two games. Bad. Rough. Don't lose to New England at home. Don't lose to the Cardinals at home. Um, that's a bad look for the Steelers the last two days. Uh, thanks to our guests today. Uh, Colton Payne of uh, Randolph making Good luck to the Yellow Jackets as they try and move on to the championship. They host Cortland tomorrow at noon. And as always, thanks to Tim Murray at one Tim Murray on Twitter. V-SIM primetime from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. 
getting you set for everything that goes on in the sporting world when it comes to uh, gambling. Thanks to Alan uh, back at the studio. I will be back Was part of uh, Holiday Cheering Gear on Monday with Bob from 3 until 6. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks. We've heard that a place is only as good as its people. At the Capital Region 